Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more movie and nostalgia podcasts, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our youth to see if it's as good all grown up. I'm Jordan Poland clark With me is my co-host, Kara Gale O'Regan. Hello. And today we begin Mike Myers Month, the beautiful month of January. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Um, we are starting with Mike Myers' 1992 film debut, Wayne's World, um, which was directed by Penelope Spheris, her second movie to appear on this podcast. Uh, the movie was written by Mike Myers and Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner, who were SNL writers for a long time. Um, Kara, when's the last time you saw this movie before this? Mm, probably college. So it's been a while. Yeah, definitely a while for me, too. I can't even tell you the last time I saw it. Um, so if you've never seen Wayne's World, you definitely were not alive in the 90s. Um, it follows Wayne Campbell. Or what? your Joey. Joey, have you seen Joey's this Joey's never seen Wayne's World? I don't know. He's not seen a lot of movies, and I feel like this weirdly might be one of them <laughs> i would have loved to have him on if he's never seen this i was actually thinking about how much i would like because this is a movie that i can't separate myself from mm. um because it lives so deep in my soul um so i was thinking about how interesting it would be to watch it with somebody who's never seen it yeah i don't know um, I'll, we'll have to ask him or just wait until he listens to this and tells us he'll listen and he'll answer us um, so Wayne's World follows Wayne Campbell and his best friend, Garth Algar, who I guess they're like supposed to be in their mid twenties. Does that sound right? I, I cannot age them at all. No idea. I was wondering how <laughs> old they were the entire movie because so in like, real life they're like in their late thirties. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dana Carvey is probably, I guess, older than Mike yeah. Myers by a bit, but Mike Myers was 30 when oh. this was made. Oh, I thought um, he was older. No. Um, so, who, they're two kind of like metalhead goofballs uh, who make a cable access show out of Wayne's parents' basement. The show is called Wayne's World. Um, and this, so this uh, character was around for a long time before this movie uh, came out. It was an SNL character. It was a super popular sketch on SNL. Um, but even before that, it was a character that Mike Myers did before he was on SNL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so this movie co-stars uh, Rob Lowe as the villain character, I guess, who co- is a TV producer who comes in and uh, tries to... What is his goal? Oh! <laughs> uh money in it for him now that i'm trying to explain it i'm not sure i get it yeah i think so well because he has somebody who wants to advertise and then like not a place to sell that 
advertising, right? Yeah, so I guess so. I guess he's trying to get yeah the, the money show. from the yeah something okay. like that. Um, I don't know. It's it's a movie about selling out. I guess. It's not, I mean, uh, the reason why, I feel like the reason why this part is hard to explain is that it doesn't matter yeah. at all. The plot doesn't matter at all. Um, this is like a movie that is like character based. Like it's, you either like Wayne and Garth or you don't. <laughs> uh, and so you either like following them around, listening to them talk or you don't. How could um, you not? I, I happen to like them. Um... Where to begin? I have four. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. What? What, what, what? You mentioned Wayne. You mentioned Garth. You mentioned whoever Rob Lowe is. But you failed to mention. <sighs> I, uh, I know. Okay. Tia Carrera, who is amazing in this movie. I know. Movie. She's incredible in this, and I have so many things to say about it. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure that we did not proceed without that. No, no, no. You're right. Um, a... Uh, so I have four pages of notes on this. Wow. Um, one of them, <laughs> because I started making notes, and then there were so many. So I watched this twice. I watched it once yesterday, and I watched it once today. Because I watched it yesterday, and I was like, ooh, I really just want to watch this and like take it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I watched it again today, and today is when I made all my notes. Which is, this is, the, like, this. I, for some reason, this is the most... Like, I've gotten into any movie that we've watched so far. Which I think might be... I know that it will be a theme for Mike Myers' month because the next movie we're going to do is Austin Powers and that I watched that movie every day for a period of time in my life. Yeah. I watched um, that movie yesterday. <laughs> uh, and and I, I've, I... But I... You know, if we continue down this path of, like, 90s comedians, mm-hmm. there's something about them and these movies that just like really is the part of me mm-hmm. are you uh, a Wayne or a Garth neither no are you a Wayne or a Garth I was oh, trying I'm to think of definitely a Garth <laughs> uh, God, I have so many things to say about Garth okay let me finish telling you about my notes first so you can imagine what I'm trying to look at and why mm-hmm. my face is exploding right now one one of my pages of notes is like just my thoughts while watching it one of them is like facts that I had questions about or like stuff that I pulled after I watched the movie one of them is a list of things that do not hold up that I'm like oh no 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 you can't say that like please don't do that Mm -hmm. Um, and then the fourth one is parts of this movie that lived in my soul Mm. that I was like ooh that's definitely a part of me well, it's very organized. Um, I know. I don't really. That's how I know I was so into it because it. I was compelled to organize something, which is very rare. <laughs> well, let's start by talking about I think the Bohemian Rhapsody scene because okay. it's not the very first thing in the movie, but it is so much earlier in the movie than I remembered it being. It's very early in the movie because it's it's taking you through their world and kind of introducing you to their world and the other thing that I didn't remember about it is that it's done in like clips they get out of the car and other things happen and then they get back in the car and then they're singing Bohemian Rhapsody again Um, and I just (laughs) the way that that scene was like put together to me was just so amazing do you think okay so 
this is the first time I've ever watched this movie knowing that a woman directed it. Mm-hmm. And it's um like things like that that are so that are un almost I want to say like unnecessary like like someone really had to go out of their way to be like to make it a little bit complex in that way. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a woman thing or do you think that was in the script like Okay, so I haven't studied a lot of women directors. But I did just spend a ton of time watching a bunch of Amy Heckerling movies. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that in her movies, she also kind of does this where she will like introduce you to a world and like weave this really rich tapestry with all of this detail in a way that's like not expected, um, which I think is very parallel to this very scene that we're talking about. Like the opening to Fast Times at Ridgemont High is an absolute tapestry. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So So, I don't know. I don't want to (laughs) be unfair to be like, oh, a man can't do that. Like, of of course, a man can also direct in that way. No man has ever weaved a tapestry in a movie. (laughs) It's, 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 um, I don't know. They often don't is all. Mm-hmm. They often do as well, but not necessarily in a comedy film right. like this. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, um, there were a lot of moments that yeah. felt like a little bit complex um, or had things that were kind of subtle that I was like, oh, is that the, is that because Penelope or like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, well, this scene in particular also has partic- particular um, resonance for me use a music word uh, because our marching band when we would like go places they split the band into two buses where like the woodwinds would go on one bus and then brass and percussion were on the other bus and I don't know what happened on the woodwind bus but on the brass and percussion <laughs> bus we would always sing Bohemian Rhapsody do like a full acapella Bohemian Rhapsody and some other <laughs> songs too but like that song definitely lives inside my soul and like singing that song in like hilarious and weird ways because this movie made everybody do that Mm -hmm. right like it was so a thing this um uh so when this movie came out it actually uh caused bohemian rhapsody to reappear Mm -hmm. um on the billboard charts higher than it ever had been when it was actually out. I think it peaked at number nine when it was first released, and it was number one after yeah. this movie came out. My parents got really into Queen after this movie, and then they were like, I can't believe we didn't know about this music before. <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers were apparently very pissed off that they had to headbang and like actually mm-hmm. injured themselves doing Which it is so much. Which is a fair point. Um, but I think what's really interesting about that, like the, the trivia note that I read about that says that like, you can see later in the movie, it becomes apparent that they're trying to move their necks as little as possible. And like that, I never realized that like, that was why, but when I think about those two characters and like the way that those two men embody those characters, it's very much that kind of like robotic They move like body. anyway. Yeah. yeah turning your whole body instead of like just your head yeah which um is kind of a bill and ted thing ish as well which Mm. is also can i think be traced also a little bit back to spicoli he kind of moved like that i i wrote down at one point that wayne sounds like if you put together keanu reeves and napoleon dynamite (laughs) yeah um there's also 
there was two more things I wanted to say about Bohemian Rhapsody. One was that well one is that so at the end of the song, like the the like the very last verse in the song, um they are Which by the way, I was crying by then. <laughs> I it was the hardest I laughed during the during the whole movie. That was the hardest that I laughed because they're they're still s- kind of singing but Mm -hmm. it's as if they don't know the words Mm -hmm. and I read a bit of trivia that said they actually didn't know the words and were very pissed off well at least Dana Carvey that was the case yeah like it works so Mm -hmm. well it is so silly and so funny yeah we did skip the very beginning of the movie which I only want to go back to because it um it opens with Rob Lowe in bed with his girlfriend Mm -hmm. um Actually, she's totally not his girlfriend. She's just some girl because we never see her again. We see him again a lot. Yeah. Um, and they're flipping through channels um, on the TV, and it's like it's like every commercial that you can remember from the '90s, like ev- like the Clapper and the Chia Pet. It's mm-hmm. like they knew that this was going to be like a time capsule of that yeah. time period, and they put every commercial in it. Yeah, it's it's really. Because they also, I mean, with the later uh, product placement stuff. So much product They placement. do that, too, but they do it in such yeah. a, a clever, yeah. tongue-in-cheek way. Um, I was, as I was watching that and the Chia Pet commercial came on, I was like, wow, in 25 years, we've gone from growing chia seeds to eating them. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, how different the world is. Yep. And yet, not that different at all. Seeds be uh, seeds, you know? Okay, so then, after Bohemian Rhapsody, they, oh, I know what I wanted to say. Did you, Have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? No, I have not. Okay, Mike Myers is in it. What? And he, and he plays a record executive, and they make a, a very obvious Wayne's World joke in it. Because, Weird. So he plays, like, the record executive, and Queen goes to him, and, like, Freddie Mercury is, like, trying to explain, basically, Bohemian Rhapsody. He's like, you're going to make this, like, opera album like blah blah blah. it sounds really crazy and in the movie mike myers says the line no one is going to be headbanging in the car to bohemian rhapsody <laughs> lol so anyway it's very on the nose but mm-hmm. i i liked it when i saw it well apparently the studio wanted to use a guns and roses track instead of bohemian rhapsody but Mike Myers fought for the inclusion of the Queen song and even threatened to quit the production if he did not get what he wanted, and eventually the studio gave in to his demand. And it was the right choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I also love Guns N' Roses, and that could have also been a pretty iconic scene, but it they, it worked out. Uh, so we go then to the donut shop, Um where there there are two things that stand out to me about the donut shop. Ugh, no, there's a lot in the donut shop. So first, uh, Ed O'Neill is in the donut shop, and he has two like very excellent monologues in this movie that are very dark and very They're weird. Very weird. Is he doing a taxi driver thing? Like, I, what's happening? Why is he that way? <laughs> but he sells it. He I sells guess. it. Um, and then, so then we meet Lara Flynn Boyle, who is Wayne's ex-girlfriend, and she's, they refer her to her more than once as a psycho hose beast, mm-hmm. which I have very mixed feelings about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
funny line. <laughs> it's a very funny line. But, I mean... Imaginative, kind of. But you shouldn't call people psycho. No, I don't... I don't love her character. Or a hosed beast, probably. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> they, I mean, they, they call her psycho a lot. And, like, she is, but, like... It, it's to me it's like a larger problem of how all the women are mm-hmm. in this movie mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. not to say that they're all like her um but there's not like a i don't know all the women are like sexual objects in this movie for sure yeah but i think less so than they would have been if it was made by a man kind of but i mean if for no other reason than um there's one point when tia carrera and Meg Myers are gonna have sex and it just flashes on the screen the words gratuitous sex scene instead of like actually having a gratuitous sex scene yeah I mean okay I have a lot to say about Tia Carrera and I don't I feel like I don't want to get into that part yet it's gonna take so long um back to the donut shop because I want to talk about Lara Flynn Boyle's freckles first. oh my goodness yeah I I didn't know she had freckles well yeah because they always put makeup over people's freckles in movies they're covered in everything else and Mm -hmm. she's so cute with them I really like them yeah freckles are actually pretty great like I've been watching Twin Peaks and they're completely covered Mm -hmm. in Twin Peaks I don't like it it makes me sad yeah um okay so then Whatever, she's like a hose beast, they're eating the donuts, and then they go to, they call it a heavy metal club, but no heavy metal ever actually happens in this club. I don't know that much about music, but I'm pretty sure none of it was heavy metal. Agree or disagree? It was rock music. So I feel like this is is an interesting time for heavy metal, right? We're talking 92, this was made? Yeah. Um, This is like, you know... Hair metal is transitioning to grunge. Uh, like there's, there's been these like very distinct eras in heavy metal from like the seventies up to that point, and like now heavy metal is about to like go back underground, kind of. And so like mm-hmm. I think the stuff that they wind up putting in the movie and the stuff that winds up still being in the mainstream around that time. Um, is like heavy metal adjacent question mark you know sure uh but not exactly not exactly that um okay so they go to the heavy metal club where wayne sees tia carrera for the first time whose name is cassandra in the movie um she is the front woman of the band crucial taunt Mm -hmm. um and also she plays bass and also she plays bass um and that's really her singing and her voice is incredible mm-hmm. um and he falls in love instantly and uh well and garth uh, i want to i like i feel like we need to do like one podcast about wayne and like one podcast about garth yeah that's fair uh, because <laughs> um, garth like ends up having so much more depth than mm-hmm. i remember him having yeah um like he has like a whole secret universe world that he, he lives in that is so cool. That's that's why I'm a Garth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that and my penchant for jelly donuts. He, oh, there's, I love when he's sipping the jelly out of the donut <laughs> with a straw. <laughs> um. So, cause he has, so he has a great scene where like he's trying to get past this big tall dude, and the guy like won't let him by. So he goes out to his car. And 
gets what does he get from his car he gets he puts on like a big old tool belt oh yeah i don't even remember and gets like some kind of weapon and comes back inside and like stuns the guy to get oh it's just like, i think it's like an old school taser yeah that requires some strange belt and battery situation yeah, it's it's the first Garth moment I think where you're like, oh, you have some things going on. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, except there's also the part in the donut shop where he sees um, the woman that he's obsessed with, and mm-hmm. she knocks him over out of his chair, which is funny every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets like so love struck that like he just like flies backwards out of his chair out of nowhere every time he sees her and then he like gets up and is just like oh i fell (laughs) Uh, okay so okay we're at the club uh wayne sees cassandra dreamweaver plays which i love (laughs) i I love that too i used to hang out with somebody who like he would see like a hot girl across the room when he would sing dreamweaver Charming. Um, yeah. Um, so, so we meet Cassandra. She, like, you know, comes off the stage after her band plays, and she's, like, a real badass, like... Oh my god, she's amazing. (laughs) Like, everyone's trying to talk to her, and she's just like, nope, nope, nope. Like, she deflects And these fighting guys, like spill beer on her and then she beats the shit out of them and it's pretty amazing um also she's like very clearly a hustler because like she was like come to my rent party hang on i gotta go talk to the booker he's trying to screw me out of some money yeah Yeah. and her like her loft is like beautiful oh my god her bedroom is so cool it's incredible (laughs) (laughs) and also everything that she wears is amazing um Oh, we didn't. We also Meatloaf is the um, mm-hmm. the security guy at the door at this club, which makes this the third Meatloaf movie that we've watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also appeared in Spice World and Rocky Horror. Yes. Um, so I... this is a Meatloaf podcast now. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> but I pointed out to you that there's another actor in this that has been in uh, one, two at least three movies that we've done as well uh except i have no idea what she looks like but her name is colleen kent and in this she plays the rich guy's wife in election she was tracy flick's mom uh she plays some woman named debbie in speed 2 and someone probably a mom in the baby slitters club movie which we did also and her her career is like crazy her credits on imdb she's like in everything but i have no idea what she looks like Mm -hmm. which is truly amazing (laughs) um so here's okay here's my thing about cassandra she is so cool and that's clear right away (laughs) uh and she blows off wayne at first and then he gets like super obsessed with her and then learns cantonese so that he can talk to her mm-hmm. um but she doesn't so on their so that's their first meeting she she's like come to my party whatever 
um, on their second meeting, he just, like, randomly is like, you want to go talk? And she's like, okay, which, like, to me is so out of character for this person that we've just been presented. Like, why mm-hmm. does she say okay to going to talk to him? So here is my thought, is that she was like somebody that she was like annoyed by or like she was just like done with whatever situation that she was in you know and somebody's like you want to go do this thing and you're like sure i don't care what it is but it's not here talking to this that's not how she says it though i i agree with you that like i could (laughs) i can totally buy that explanation yeah but like she has never behaved that way before in this movie and that's not how she says it she says it like okay and like she's excited to go yeah do it which i don't get because like like this is my main my only two problems with the movie this is one of them like we're supposed to believe like based on we're supposed to believe that she would like this guy at all like yeah okay like largely based on how cassandra treats him we're supposed and because he's our protagonist Mm -hmm. we're supposed to believe that like wayne is special somehow and he sucks like he's not (laughs) you know (laughs) and like like this is my problem like these are the men we grew up watching right you know yes and like she does a lot of behaviors that i'm like that i actually didn't like like Mm -hmm. you know like i have no problem with a childish man (laughs) uh to a to a point i was gonna say really though no i do yes i do to a point like be silly be dumb Mm -hmm. i don't care you know, like, make stupid jokes cool. Sure. But, like, if that's all you are, like, then I have a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of all Wayne is, yeah. isn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, but then every once in a while he'll, like, pause and say something, like, smart and insightful, you know. Not and enough he's... times. <laughs> Not enough times for uh-huh. me to believe this. Yeah, that's fair. But it's so Wayne's like... world. We're just living in it, man. I know. We're just living in it. We're just living in the white, dumb dude's world. Uh, Yeah, so I mean, like, that and, like, the, like, kind of over-sexualization of women and the way that they talk about women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled with the way that they talk about them. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I mean, yeah, but I also, like, don't really care about those things. At least not in this movie. I was like, I love this movie. You know. Oh, see, I still care because like this is why we're this is why we internalize oh, those yeah, messages. Of course. of course. I mean I still love this movie. <laughs> this is like probably my favorite movie that we've ever watched for oh, this podcast. Interesting. interesting. Or like I enjoyed watching it so much that I watched it twice. Mm-hmm. Did you know that two No Stairway to Heaven signs were made for the film? The one that it was used in the movie spells out the whole phrase, while a second one, not used in the film, simply read Stairway to Heaven and had a no cross through it, similar to a no parking sign. Uh, the one not used in the movie was featured on Pawn Stars, being sold by someone who had worked at the guitar shop used in the movie, along with some other Wayne's World memorabilia. Did you know... That okay? Did you did your version of the movie that you watched actually play the first notes of Stairway to Heaven? <laughs> no, they did not. Nope, mine neither, because <laughs> they aren't allowed to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess they couldn't get the rights to that after the theatrical release. Yeah, well, Zeppelin are like 
notoriously don't let people use the, their music in their films. Um, however, in Amy Hackerling's Fast Times at Ridgemont High, they do actually play that song whose name I am currently forgetting at the moment. Cashmere. I think it's that one. I could live inside Rob Lowe's eyes. <laughs> inside Rob Lowe's what? <laughs> His eyes. Oh, yeah, they are pretty dreamy. They're so beautiful. He's very handsome. He's very man. cute in this. Mm hmm. Apparently, this was like where he uh, discovered his uh, knack for comedy. Here's the thing, though. He's not funny in this. I mean, he's <laughs> hilarious in yeah. this. But all he does is just talk normal. Yeah. But, like, he, the, uh, he he's, like, so good at giving, like, 1% sarcasm. Mm -hmm. And as long as it's, like, set up correctly, it is so funny. Yeah. Yeah, his delivery is, like, really good. <laughs> Um, the music video that he sets up for Cassandra um, was apparently like based on a real situation that happened to Pearl Jam when they were making the, um, I think it was the video for Even Flow. Like the video that wound up being on MTV is just live, like concert footage because the video that they shot was this weird like jungle thing with wild animals and the band hated it so much they like refused to publish it. And then, like, refused to do mu music videos going forward, somewhat <laughs> I, notoriously. That, I didn't, we're skipping to the end, but I, the end is the worst part of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, do, I don't like how, like, Wayne turns into, like, a real ass. He's, like, mean to Cassandra, and she's like, ugh, fuck you, I'm going to make this music video, bye. And... Wayne is like, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. And Garth is like, you have to go get her. The women, they want you to come get them. Yeah. Like, no, we fucking don't. No, I think <laughs> that's the joke. Because he says... Is it, though? Because then he does go get her, and it works. Yeah. Like, no, it, I know. it would be one thing if, like, they let it be a joke, but it's not a joke. He right. does it, and it, and she's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to leave this music video shoot with you. I forgive you now. Yeah. So I didn't. It feels like a very like lazy ending that made me a little mad. Yeah, but also like they did set that up was showing how ridiculous like the situation that Rob Lowe had put her in was, where like he's trying to have her like look sexy while playing bass and singing, but also dealing with an unwieldy snake. Like again, this is a situation where like somebody is offering you and out and you're just like oh, okay you know what I mean <laughs> that's not like that much better though <laughs> oh no of course not I think that, but that's kind of the joke I don't know I guess um I was surprised by how many other movies are in this movie <laughs> I forgot because I did remember because I, I think I've actually seen Wayne's World 2 more times than I've seen this one and in Wayne's World 2 there's a great bit from the graduate that they have in that but um 
There's a bunch of movies in this, like Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. They actually get the actual guy mm-hmm. to like pull him over. Uh, there's like a Gone with the Wind shot. There's a bunch of other... I didn't write there's, them all down. There's but. a Liver and Shirley, which is not a movie. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah. Which is uh, kind of another thing that uh, is like a parallel between at least this movie and Amy Hackerling's work is that like she uses a lot of like older film references in her movies, such as Clueless. There's a lot of other movies in that movie. Um Let's talk about, because I think one part where it actually gets like a little bit interesting in a way that's different is when Wayne and Cassandra are talking about Stacy, the girlfriend, because mm-hmm. um, they do they do comment on her psychoness and Cassandra is like, you know, a smart woman about it. And she's like, oh, I feel bad for her. She has low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um which was like very it was a very different conversation than anything else that happened in this movie. Yeah. Like maybe I wish more of this movie was like that. I don't know. Be a different movie, I guess. Yeah. Then it would be Cassandra's world, not Wayne's world. But I guess I guess I found like I had a almost a limit to like Oh, I definitely. <laughs> They're the, like them just saying like swing and like pointing yeah. their dick at something. Yeah. You know? Well, interestingly, I watched uh, the first Austin Powers movie yesterday, even though we'll be doing it later in the month. I'm going to be on February's episode of Third Times a Charm about the third Austin Powers movie. So I was like, all right, better. Might as well start from the beginning. Um, and oh my goodness, that movie is pretty exhausting. And so, really? uh, yeah, it was not, I mean, I think it was a good order to watch these two movies in because Wayne's World is so much more fun and more enjoyable. I like, mm-hmm. am on a higher note, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a lot of Mike Myers pointing his dick at things, you know. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot. <sighs> well, okay, and here's like a part of the movie that made me really uncomfortable. When the scene the the scene before the gratuitous sex scene. First of all, he has his hat off and I don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah, his mullet is horrible. His hair is like he could do anything and I would be uncomfortable because I don't like his hair. But he also is like just like being dumb while she's like trying to talk on the first of all she picks up the phone and she's like hi oh anthony and he's like who's anthony and he's like starting to get all jealous and she's like oh it's just my drummer it's like go away dude um and so then he's like trying to distract her on the phone by just like doing a bunch of dumb stuff um and I, there was part of me that was like i was annoyed with him mm-hmm but I, maybe I'm just overreacting. I think you might be overreacting a little bit just because, like, have you never been with, like, either the person on the phone or you're this person when you're, like, with someone and, like, the person on the other end of the phone, like, doesn't know that you're there with the person and, like, maybe you just had sex or something and you're like, oh, blah, and you I make mean, weird noises yes. and stuff. Yes. Yeah. That's um, just, I that's think, what that is. I think maybe... I think it might just be his hair. It's just too disturbing for you. It truly might just be his hair. (laughs) Um, uh, I think, though, like, around this point in the movie, 
is when I get annoyed with her for just like being with him because mm-hmm. he gets he almost gets dumber like and she's always like laughing at how dumb he is mm-hmm. when he's like I don't know like when they go to Rob Lowe's apartment and he's like talking about hawking loogies off the balcony and she just like laughs like she thinks it's so funny oh I did and, like, think that was so funny it's, it's not funny <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's just the I don't difference know. in our senses of humor. That's, Loogies that, are always that funny. Can, that can totally be true. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was something about her reaction to it seemed... Maybe she, I just don't think she's a good actress at laughing. Maybe mm. that's my problem. Maybe. I also think... I mean, whatever. Like, every movie has this storyline. But it's like the storyline of like he like sees this girl from across the room she totally oh, yeah. blows him off and then he like, I learns Cantonese her. and then they're in love yeah. like what <laughs> like it's almost like part of the movie is missing mm-hmm. um you know what part of the movie that I love though is the Alice Cooper part mm-hmm. um Mike Myers originally wanted Alice Cooper's I'm 18 and school's out two of his tracks in the film but cooper's manager shep gordon convinced him to use feed my frankenstein instead for a like wonderful scene uh it was meyer's first meeting with gordon and it made such a positive impression on him that they formed a deep friendship and uh mike meyers directed a documentary about gordon titled supermensch the legend of shep gordon which came out a few years ago and is excellent it's like a really sweet and wonderful documentary I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like we just don't. Appre- we need to appreciate Alice Cooper more as a culture. Like, we don't appreciate him like as a person, as an artist. He's great, and I love him. I did Google him today. Yeah. While I was watching this, and I did have like a few moments of appreciation for him. Good. Good. I'm glad. He's such a, a weird and wonderful person, but also like weirdly normal for like what he does for a living when i think they like really like sh- made that happen in this movie <laughs> yeah which was fun yeah um a teaser trailer for the film was released in november of 1991 preceding the adams family which we did right here on wistful thinking last year two years ago sometime um where wayne and garth sang the adams family theme song in the graveyard set of that movie crossover action paramount studios um do you think like so this was the second snl movie after Mm -hmm. blues brothers and then there was a bunch more after that it's still the highest grossing i believe yes it is um and i would argue i haven't seen all of them i would argue it's probably Probably the best best. one right for sure Um, They did make a second Wayne's World mm-hmm. the next year, but it well, definitely wasn't as good. Although when I went back and watched this, I realized I was definitely mixing up the first yeah. one and the second one in some yeah. ways. For the sure. The second one had a line in it that used to make me laugh so hard when I was young. It's just the guy that kept going, we used to beat them to death with their own shoes. <laughs> no, he says, we had to beat them to death with their own shoes. But that's a different story altogether. And he never tells the story. I thought that was so funny when I was 12. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, good 
one-off jokes on that one. Uh, Mike Myers actually uh, blocked Penelope Spheris from directing the sequel. I know. I want to talk about that because mm-hmm. we've talked about her not getting along with somebody once before. She apparently didn't get along, or David Spade didn't get along on the set of Black Sheep. David Spade and the writer. So, like, what's up with that? Well, um... I mean, who knows, really? But uh, Mike Myers also said that uh, filming was a, quote, blur because his father's health was dwindling at the same time. Uh, He says he remembers finishing the film, and then I remember my dad dying, he said in an interview in 2013. So, like, that probably had something to do with that. Uh, You know, you never know what people are going through. Um, But at the same time, I think that in professional situations when women are assertive and have vision and are trying to do their job uh, and they're working with men who are also assertive and have vision and are uh, doing their job uh, people can regard that woman in uh, less friendly ways than they might if that person was a man instead yeah for sure. i don't know if i phrased that in a good way but um also she might just be an asshole which is totally possible she also could be <laughs> um but and like i've i've listened to interviews with her and like I mean, she's an asshole as much as I'm an asshole, but, like, you know, a lovable one. And <laughs> also, I think that, you know, like, she, like the same kind of behavior can be done by a man and be perceived very differently by people than when it's done by a woman, you know? Because mm-hmm. you, you have to be an asshole to be a director, at least to some extent, like you, you totally you know and and, yeah. and asshole male directors are lauded for their you know tempestuousness and their their passion and like whatever yeah. um and then women don't get jobs for this and not even the same behavior probably like extremely scaled down behavior yeah you know? so there's that Penelope uh, did say, quote, he was emotionally needy and got more difficult as the shoot went along. You should have heard him bitching while I was trying to do that Bohemian Rhapsody scene about, like, not being able to move his neck and stuff um, and why they had to do it so many times and that no one was going to laugh at it. And she said, quote, to this day, I have an image of my daughter sitting on this little, little cooler and looking at me like, Mom, I fucking hate you. Because she had actually assigned her daughter to be Mike Myers' assistant for the film. And was like, you know, kind of uh, on the receiving end of a lot of abuse, probably, from <laughs> both of them. I mean, like, and it's, like, cool to be, like... Oh, also, I forgot to mention, Mike Myers, uh, when he discovered that the craft services table only had butter and not margarine for his bagel, bagel, he reportedly became enraged, flipped the table over, stormed off set, and did not come out of his trailer for hours. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure that I included that, because that's a... Well, and it's, like, we can have sympathy for him, Mm -hmm. because, you know, he said his, like, his dad was dying cool 
Um, but if that's all it was, would he really have blocked her from directing the second one? Right. Yeah, and they they argued a lot about the final cut of the film, too. So, I mean, it would be interesting. I don't know, like, whose cut this is and, like, what kind of compromises might have been made. Um, but it would be interesting to see a cut of this that was, like, entirely Penelope Spheris' vision, you know? Because I'm curious if some of the issues that you have about the way that they talk about women or about mm-hmm. the way that uh, Tia Carrera's character behaves. Like, I'm, I'm curious how those things might be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's almost like she still had to direct through a man's lens. Yeah, of course. Yeah, she absolutely did. Um, yeah. You know, because this is written by the, the star, you know, who's this big Saturday Night Live star. Um yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's a it's a funny movie, but it definitely has its issues. Here's here's my list of no, you can't do that. <laughs> Schwing, which like like maybe if they did it like one time mm-hmm. and then didn't do it anymore, but like no no no, like they walk around swinging everything. <laughs> yeah, which I still find hilarious. I don't think it's funny. Yeah. That, well, it's, uh, it's when they pull up the picture of who is that Claudia Schiffer. Like, some oh, of the things that they say, say, that. say around yeah. that, I was like, I'm uncomfortable with this. But they, all the other they rate her. Fine. They rate her on a strokeability scale. That's the thing. Yes, and they say I wrote down tentpole, but I didn't write down something about they say the phrase tentpole, <laughs> but I didn't write down like how they said it. But mm-hmm. yeah, like that's not cool. Um, and then when he, when he first sees Cassandra, he says, she will be mine. Oh yes, she will be mine. Yeah. But he, which which, like, I was going to say, but to be fair, he also says that about the guitar and that's not. Yeah, so he treats the guitar and the woman the same way. Right. I only realized that as that was coming out of my mouth. (laughs) It's just like, it's gross. I don't like it. Um, and then they're ordering Chinese food and he makes a joke. He says, I'll have the cream of some young young guy. guy. (laughs) It's like. I don't think you can say that. No, probably not. And then my the next one is actually a question for you. He calls Garth a oh, gimp. Oh, Yeah. You can't say that, can you? I mean, you can. Well, I would prefer <laughs> you it if you say did. That, right? Yeah. I thought that was a better one for you to have an opinion on than me. No. Uh, I, it seemed wrong to me. It's one of those things, like, you can self-identify as a gimp, but, uh-huh. like, don't fucking call somebody that. Yeah, yeah, no. And also, like, he's not. Like, right. what? Like, it's not yeah, even, there's... like, a... Mm-hmm. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, that, that was my list of the things that I was really like, no. Which, to be fair, for a comedy from 1992 is a remarkably short list. Yeah, I mean, plus, like, the two things we already talked about. (laughs) Right, all the other things we already talked about. Um, Because, like, even, okay, I'm going to go back to the woman thing for just a second. Mm -hmm. Because, like, even when, like, Rob Lowe takes them out to this restaurant, like, even the restaurant they go to has, like, oh, the waitress has no clothes on. And she's got, you know, like, it's like, it seems to be like a Hawaiian-themed restaurant. Is that right? Oh, yeah, they're at a tiki bar. Yeah. Yeah, so... I didn't yeah, like the, the waitress is, you know, has on like a bikini top. Oh, that's weird. That's just not like, a thing that happens at tiki bars usually. <laughs> there's just like, there's just like so few women in this, and all yeah. of them, 
they're so sexualized. Yeah. Um, it's like... <laughs> there's that part where they're talking about... I think they're talking about Cassandra and... Uh, Kurt calls her Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Um, and they're like, you know, using all of these different words. And one of them is, uh, Wayne says, in Latin, her name would be Babia Majora, uh, which made me laugh <laughs> so fucking hard. Uh, <laughs> for those who didn't pick up on that joke, uh, the labia majora is part of uh, the anatomy of a vulva. So, lol to that. I don't know. I thought that was great. <laughs> um. Oh, I, I briefly mentioned before the product placement scene while mm-hmm. while they're talking about selling out. I think was like truly genius. Yes, I I I didn't remember like how many times this movie like breaks the fourth wall. Oh yeah, yeah I yeah, yeah. totally forgot that that was a thing in this. Uh huh. Like, I love the part where Garth drops the pen under the table and, like, yeah. makes the camera go under the table with him. And that's what, like, Garth is smarter than Wayne. Yes. Like, well, Garth he is... has glasses. Duh. Oh, duh. I love when he puts his glasses <laughs> over his um, face mask when they're playing hockey <laughs> in the street. Yeah. And I love that they yell car over and over again. <laughs> um... Uh, but so like Garth is like pretty happy generally to not be the center of attention, mm-hmm. which I think is why he's cool with this relationship. But like, yeah. he's so like he sees Rob Lowe for who he is like right away, mm-hmm. and like has this whole cool secret life. He's a really good drummer. Um, he just he knows doesn't like about technology. He just doesn't like the spotlight. But like, yeah. he has all these really great moments, like lurking in the background, doing really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I, which is another reason why I deeply identify as a Garth. I'm more of a, you know, number two. I don't need to be the guy up front. You I know do what I don't like get? Wayne's hat, though. I like a hat. A nice hat. Mm-hmm. Does he? Is it a? Is it a? Wayne's World hat. Yeah, it's a black. I, th- Wayne's I thought World so. Baseball just... hat. Um, why is Terry always telling everyone that he loves them? I don't know. There were like I... a couple things like that in this movie that I was like, why is that in here? Yeah, at first I thought it was like the first time he does it. I think that like he's just drunk because you know how like there's always that really drunk guy who's like, man, I love you. Yeah, but they don't even make him seem drunk. They no, just he's make not him seem regular. I do like that group of like their friends though like they all look like the drummer of Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> that's true they do but but they but Terry's the cutest one I have a crush yeah on oh Terry. for sure he's very cute <laughs> and then like the yeah, shorter the one with the really hair. fucked up hair is kind of hot too which one he's like short he like never says anything I don't know he's like just kind of in the background sometimes hmm Um, yeah, like, I don't get why he's always telling everyone he loves them. I think it's, if it's, if it's meant to be, like, a declaration of his love for his friends, cool, very rare that we see men tell each other that they love each other in movies. Yeah, and even at the very, very end, when they're talking about, like, lessons that they learned, somebody says something about learning that, like, platonic love between... Mm-hmm. Grown men is possible. 
mm-hmm. or something like that. So I don't think that it's supposed to be a homophobic joke, but I'm also not it's, sure. It, do- it doesn't sit right. They didn't do it right. Yeah, they didn't quite nail it because I don't know what's happening. Uh, the other thing that I don't get why it's in there is like there's like that cop and I actually really like their relationship with the cop because you oh, think the friendly they're all, cop. Yeah. What? Yeah. You think they're like going to be at each other's throats, like making like, yeah. you know, like Wayne's going to make fun Does of him and then he's going to hate on Wayne. They're actually like totally cool with each other and it's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but why is like first he talks about having done a cavity search and then he does one later. Does he? Yeah, doesn't he do one on Rob Lowe at the end? Oh. Um, is that why Rob Lowe is walking weird when he gets out of the car? I think so. I missed that. I, I like, and I, just, I was like, like why is he why? walking like that? Yeah, mm, I don't know. Just why? I mean, probably homophobia, but I don't know. Yeah, like, it's, uh, whatever. And those are the two things for me that I was like, um. <laughs> it's been so many more than two things. You keep being like, there are only two things I don't like about this No, movie. those are the two things. See, they're all, <laughs> I have I have a lot of categories in my brain for things that happened in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, the other list was things that I was like, no. And those were just two things that I was like, what? Uh-huh. Like, I literally wrote why after right. them. Okay, that's fair. It's the difference between no and I'm right. confused. Mm-hmm. Two very different emotions. Yeah. Or my therapist might point out that those are thoughts and not feelings. Why and no <laughs> are thoughts and not feelings. That's yeah. correct. Um, this also made me have just like such an appreciation for Dana Carvey. Mm, he's who I, wonderful. Like, don't ever think about. Uh-huh. You know, I love, uh, he wears a few different Van Halen shirts in this movie, but I love that at least one of them is from the Sammy Hagar era of Van Halen. Like, he is a committed enough fan to even rep, like, the Van Hagar years. And I'm into that. I like it. I respect it. Also, Sammy Hagar is not that bad. I have no opinion. I don't know squat about music. Hmm. Um, I also loved the use of screens in this movie and I should have smarter things to say about this as someone whose made up college major was screen studies but I don't I just liked the use of screens in this because they're like it's like a tv show within the movie and so you're seeing people either watch the show or you're seeing uh like monitors to display the show as they're shooting it and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. i just appreciated that yeah and even the first time we're introduced to wayne it's Mm -hmm. not we're not introduced to wayne we're introduced to rob lowe who then is watching wayne on tv right i don't have any more notes do you i really like the part where they learn to count down Oh my god, yeah. The five four three two one part is funny every time. I actually rewound it and watched it again because I wanted to look at the different people's faces as they were learning it. <laughs> it's because pretty good. The one guy is like really like hamming it up, and it just yep. made me laugh so hard. <laughs> there's there's a lot of um like really good lingering on facial expressions uh-huh. in this movie. Yeah. 
Um, and like a lot of the time, that's what makes it so funny. It's like the camera lingers just like a second too long and somebody makes either no face at all mm-hmm. and just like is kind of blank or like makes a very silly face. Yeah. Or are just holding a face for longer. For too than, long. Yeah. Longer <laughs> than is reasonable and thereby it becomes funny. Uh, yeah. He uses that well. I was in a circus show once where we used to do a flashback. <laughs> but like amazing. nobody but me and um, the director got it. Oh. There was like a couple people, but we were like, are you kidding? <laughs> That's unfortunate. But we did use it. And it made me happy. It was a flashback into my act. This was both Chris Farley's and Mike Myers' movie debuts. Yeah, I was surprised to see Chris Farley. I forgot he was in this. I did too. He's in the second one, but he plays a different character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we'll do. Do you think we'll do a Chris Farley month eventually? Maybe. I guess all that's left to watch is Tommy Boy. Yeah, I mean he has some other stuff. Not anything that I can think of right now. But... Oh. Did you know that Dana Carvey did his own drum playing for the music shop scene? I did know. That's crazy. He's so cool. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. I have more stuff, but it's whatever. Okay. Oh, what? here's what I wanted to ask, actually, before mm-hmm. we play a game. Um, this, this was a really popular character on SNL. It was on 19, 19 times. Oh, wow. Um, plus one time in 2015 mm-hmm. on the anniversary special, the 40th mm-hmm. anniversary special. Yeah, I remember um, that. Is that a thing on SNL anymore? For like, something to be on 19 times? No like way. Rec- like recurring characters to happen that many times. Because like when we were kids, it absolutely was. And even like since the beginning of SNL, it was. 19 I times? I feel like though? that's like not a thing as much anymore. I don't know. I don't watch it anywhere nearly as as much as I did. Like I, I the last decade, either. I have no idea. I guess. Um, like I can think of a few. Like like Kristen Wiig did a bunch of recurring characters for sure. Yeah, but nineteen times seems really high. I mean, it was over a lot of years though. Like let's see. So it would have been between nineteen eighty nine and nineteen ninety three. So that's oh yeah, that's still a lot of times, huh? Yeah, that's a lot. Um. Yeah, like the last, yeah, like Kristen Wiig did a bunch of recurring characters. I can think of like a few in the last few years, but it's like, it's just like, it's not, it's not like this anymore. And like, why not? Are there just not, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think that SNL has had like many moments of brilliance, but it's, you know, it's not consistent over over time and like is up and down and people like to think like oh why isn't snl good like it used to be and like there's a lot of bad old snl too oh you know? for sure we just remember the good stuff which like probably isn't even that good some of it yeah if we were to watch it again yeah i don't know i wonder i bet kate mckinnon has recurring characters oh she definitely does i just find like when I do watch it now, I'm like, she's every character on this show. Like, like she's carrying so much. Like, her and Kenan Thompson are basically mm-hmm. carrying yeah, the Kenan show. Yeah, Kenan has a like. bunch of recurring characters, too, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, I love his, uh... Oh, what's that one? I like... He does Black Jeopardy, which is always funny. <laughs> and he does, um... He does a, he does Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. which I know, like, squat about, except that there's he's one episode... Yeah, there's one episode where he's doing Charles Barkley and he's on, like, a panel show with someone who's playing Bjork and he keeps calling her Bork. And I think that's <laughs> the funniest thing in the world. Ah, <laughs> uh. uh, the what up with that sketch. That's what I was trying to think of. Ooh, I love that. What yeah. up with that? <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time and it might be really stupid, but I, don't I know laughed they, a lot do they, at it. Do you think they do it anymore? I haven't seen I don't that think in so. like years. Yeah, probably not. That was a great song and a weird sketch. Mm-hmm. Talking about weird sketches, are you ready to play this game? Yeah, let's do it. I totally so didn't look at it. This you game it is I didn't look at it. brought to us by Island Addington of the Contenders podcast, which is also a Cage Club podcast network show. We cover a lot of the same ground, and they are a great, her and her brother Tobin um, have a great show where they are looking at uh, films that are by and about fearless women. They have a tagline. It's something like that. I am so sorry. That's not exactly what it is. I cannot remember. But like I said, we cover a lot of the same ground this month. They are also doing Wayne's World, but we are for people with confusing schedules. And so as much as we would like to do some sort of crossover recording thing, we have not yet been able to. However, Island creates these wonderful games every episode. And for, or for this uh, Wayne's World episode, she created a game called WWWS. What would Wayne say? Which she sent to us, and I have changed a little bit to uh, fit our show. Uh, the instructions say below on this sheet that she sent us, you will find a collection of Wayne's World catchphrases and quotes. Below that is a short list of scenarios that characters from movies we have discussed have found themselves in. Your task is to match a Wayne's World catchphrase or quote with each scenario. Um, she gave five scenarios and like nine quotes, uh, which I think was like the perfect number, but then I increased that to like seven scenarios and 14 quotes so you didn't my favorite quote's not in here which is which can one? i add it sure <laughs> uh i gotta find it it's the one about marriage so um hers was more like the the one word catchphrases or sayings but mine have some some longer longer quotes yeah that yours just made are, me laugh really are hard long. yeah um, and not all of them were said by Wayne, but like I said before, this is just Wayne's world and we're living in it. All right. So I'm adding the quote, Garth, marriage is punish- punishment for shoplifting in some countries. Because <laughs> that's my favorite quote. I did almost add that. Yeah. Okay. How do we play this game? I'm doing a bad job already. Sorry. Might be. Okay. So you're in a mat, like... So basically, maybe we should start with scenarios, and you're going to match one of these quotes to each scenario. Out loud? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to read off the quotes just to get them out of the way okay. for the beginning, and then we'll move on to scenarios. So quotes include, Excellent! Schwing! Denied! Party on! 
Excuse me? We fear change. <laughs> That's a weird one. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. Chia! Monkeys might fly out of my butt. It's like a new pair of underwear, you know? At first it's restrictive, but then it becomes a part of you. I'm having a good time. Not... I say hurl. If you blow chunks and she comes back, she's yours. But if you spew and she bolts, then it was never meant to be. Will you still love me when I'm in my hanging out with Ravi Shankar phase? Ah yes, it's a lot like Star Trek The Next Generation. In many ways it's superior, but will never be as recognized as the original. I mean Led Zeppelin didn't write tunes everybody liked. They left that to the Bee Gees. And finally, well that's all the time we had for our movie. We hope you found it entertaining, whimsical, and yet relevant, with an underlying revisionist conceit that belied the film's emotional attachments to the subject matter. And, and Garth, marriage is punishment for shoplifting in some countries. There you go. So, the first scenario, uh, from an American tale, you are a tiny mouse refugee who has been separated from your parents on the journey to America. You've discovered that the tales of a cat-free country are untrue and are working with your fellow immigrant mice to take down the cat crime syndicate threatening your lives. What would Wayne say? <laughs> or Garth? <laughs> uh, mm. I think it's, I'm having a good time. <laughs> Not... <laughs> Good choice. What do you think? Um, excuse me? <laughs> Can these be reused? Yeah. I, I mean, it will be... I think it's more fun if they aren't. Yeah, it will be more fun if they aren't, but that's okay. Uh, the next scenario is from The Craft. You've made fast friends at your new school, and it turns out you're a super powerful witch. But your love spell backfired, and the friend that always takes things way too far is trying to kill you. What would Wayne say? I think it's... I say hurl. If you blow chunks <laughs> and she comes back, she's yours. But if you spew and she bolts, and it was never meant to be. That's good. I was just going to leave it at I say hurl, but I copied the whole quote. Um... Dean Hyde. Gonna go with that one. <laughs> Alright, you want me to read one? Sure. Alright, the next one is You've Become Dog Walkers. Wait, you have to say the name of the I movie. Say the movie? Yeah. I'm bad at this game. Okay, I'm gonna try again. Which, by the way, so this movie is Dick, which we covered on Wistful Thinking back in November. I just watched it the other night with my friends, one of whom was Rob, who was on our Hook episode, and he had never seen Dick before, and he loved it. Just had to report back on that. Yay. That's yeah. a good movie. It's a great movie. I think it might be one of my favorite movies. All right. It's really Dick. excellent. You've become dog walkers and secret youth advisors to the President of the United States and accidentally saved the world from nuclear war by dosing everyone with tasty edibles at negations? With negotiations. I think it's supposed to say negotiations. Or yes. I just can't read. No, it definitely is. <laughs> um, with tasty edibles at negotiations with the leader of the Soviet Union. Excellent! That's what I would say. Mm, I think... Mm -mm. Oh, I think this is a party on. Oh, that's you. You're better at this than I am. <laughs> yes. 
I forgot party on was an option. All right, Rocky Horror. Your car is broken down in the middle of nowhere during pouring rain, but you stumble upon a mansion full of sexy aliens who sing and dance about everything. Oh, shit, that's also a party on, though. <laughs> is it a party on, or is oh, it a do you know- swing? No, no, you know what it is? It's like a new pair of underwear, you know? At first it's restrictive, <laughs> but then it becomes a part of you. So true. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, sound of music. You failed at being a nun, but it turns out you're really good at taking care of this rowdy bunch of six children belonging to an uptight Austrian naval officer who has asked you to marry him because, hey, why not? And also, they are Nazis. Um, will you still love me when I'm in my hanging out with Ravi Shankar face? (laughs) Oh, I think this is a Garth marriage's punishment for shoplifting in some countries. I thought you might say that, which is why I did not pick that one. (laughs) Uh, Titanic. You are on a sinking ship without enough lifeboats. You can either get into a lifeboat with your long-suffering mother and dickhead fiancé and paddle away into an unhappy life of luxury, or leave them behind to face icy waters of the Atlantic and near certain death with a handsome and charming young artist you literally just met. What would Wayne say? Yeah, and monkeys might fly out of my butt. (laughs) (laughs) We fear change. (laughs) Alright, last one. Mm-hmm. Waterworld. You live in a dystopian future where there is no dry land and everyone must make their clothes and hats out of post-consumer waste. Spaghetti hats. Mm-hmm. A fossil fuel-based cult is storming your floating city and you're just trying to get a drink. Ah, uh, yes. It's a lot like Star Trek The Next Generation. In many ways it's superior, but will never be as recognized as the original. That's my pick, too. Mm. Well, what a perfect note to end on. Alright, I'm going to look through my notes one more time. I got through all that. Did you get a distinct feeling while watching Wayne and Garth's cable access show that we are kind of Wayne and Garth? No. Okay, good. Did you? Definitely not me. Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) You did? Why? No, just because it's, you know, that like DIY kind of goofy, weird little show vibe that they have. Yeah. Well, is that, like, does that just mean that, like, is podcasting the new, like... Oh, podcasting is 100% the new cable access, yeah. (laughs) I mean, Chris Gethard went from having a cable access show to a podcast, so... It's the trajectory. You can still just have a show on that. (laughs) He was on Manhattan Neighborhood Network, which, like, you can just walk in and be like, hello, I would like a TV show. And they'll be like, okay. And they just give you a TV show. Well, I read that uh, Mike Myers had always had a dream to have his own cable access show, and he just, like, never got around to doing the paperwork. And that's the only reason why he never did it. I was telling someone today how lucky we were in college to just have, like, that closed network TV station. Mm hmm. Where we just, like, did whatever we wanted all the time <laughs> and made live TV shows and, mm-hmm. like, put on whatever we wanted. That was cool. Yeah. We'll never get sure. to have that again. Nope. Well, other than our podcasts. Not the same, though. Yeah. Well, because the thing that was amazing about our CTV is that you could just turn it on at any point of the day or night and, like, somebody would be doing something weird or, like, something... Or we will have just left something on that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it just plays for 
like and, 13 like, hours nobody straight. Nobody cared what it was ever. Mm-hmm. Like when I first got to school, Jerry was in charge of it, and so Tromeo and Juliet was just like <laughs> on a loop, like forever. All right, we did it. It was Wayne's World. Next time, it will be Austin Powers. We will probably groan a lot more. <laughs> I I will say though, I still laughed a lot when I was really? watching. Really? Okay. Yeah. Good. Also, I love Seth Green, and he's in it. So. Yeah, he's okay in it. He's not in it him. that much. I think he's in the the sequels a lot more. Also, you know what I realized? Like, I think that's the reason that he left Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and so it makes me like it even less. Well, and well, and I think Lara Boyle wasn't in Fire Walk with me because she was making Wayne's World, and that made me upset while I was watching this. Interesting, interesting. I was going to say that if he had stayed on Buffy, Willow's character arc probably would have gone in a different direction. And you know what? I'm I'm happy with how with where it went. Oh, good! You found a silver lining. Yeah. Uh, all right, Kara, you got anything to plug? Maybe I don't know. Okay. Um, follow me on Instagram at bimps, B-I-M-P-S-E. They all f- see things there. Cool. It sounds really interesting, I know. They're, they're good things. I can vouch for her. She's not, like, pumped up about it right now, but they're good. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at jordopc. We will be back next week with an episode of What Am I Chewing? And in two weeks, another episode of Wistful Thinking. We'll be watching Austin Powers. I just remembered you should also go listen to the Contenders episode of Wayne's World. On Wayne's World. Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to find that wherever you're listening to this podcast. Cool. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.